This is the West Coast Project podcast for Louie. My name is Mike. And I'm Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Mike. Hey, Michelle. This was 504 Bobby's house. What were your overall thoughts? I was, um, I'm a little sad. I thought it was, it was a good episode. It's a really good episode, but it made me a little sad. What did you think about it? Why would you, why were you sad? The breakup? Um, no, no, not particularly. I mean, of course I didn't like the breakup. I mean, you don't want to see, I mean, anytime there's a man crying, particularly if his mascara is running, it's so sad. But, but no, just the whole thing, the whole way he, he's, he's seen in this episode. I thought it was depressing almost. Maybe not depressing, but sad. I'm sorry. It was an interesting little journey he took here and took us on along with him. Uh, What was your uncomfortness level? Really high. Yeah, Um, me too. Yeah. Maybe the highest ever. Yes, I agree. Maybe higher than bully. Yes, I agree with that. (laughs) I mean, I agree. There were were things that I went back and watched again and – to see if if it were just because I was having kind of a stressful night anyway, just nothing major, just a lot of little stresses, and so I was. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't me projecting onto the the show. So I watched this three times, not the whole, not all the way through, but different parts of it the third time, just to see if if it evoked the same stress level like what you were saying, and it did every time. And the third time I even had to cut it off at one point because I just didn't want to see it again. So. And then you went and beat up your husband? And then I did. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, Louis gets beat up by a girl here. This is a pretty strong statement about role, role reversal. Row, row, row your boat reversal. Roll reversal. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. When we get to that, there, there's, there's a lot to talk about with that. I think. All right. Well, let's go through it. Um, Louis sleeping on the couch. He's on the red couch. Did you notice? Oh no! Good catch. Yeah, he's on that red couch. I mean, that that's pretty cool. There's, there's always like the red couch in Louis's world, which I love. So. He gets awakened by Bobby to go to the wrong funeral. That was that was funny, and I didn't understand. The first couple times I watched it, I didn't even understand the significance of that. But then it all kind of clicked together with me. Yeah. Yeah, to, to his Uncle Jack's funeral. And Louis upset. He didn't even know he was dead. And Bobby wants him to come pick him up. And so, you know, Louis goes and picks him well, up. Well, we've and- got some other things to explore here, Michelle, from Tennessee. Oh, First okay. of all, the most shocking thing about this whole episode is Louis C.K. uses a BlackBerry. His phone is a BlackBerry. I think it's always been a BlackBerry. I know, but it's freaking four or five years ago that Blackberries were big. And, you know, they're barely still even in business. <laughs> Obama I liked think- Blackberries, too. Some people really are are uh, BlackBerry homers. They really love the BlackBerry. I had a BlackBerry for a few years. It was I never my favorite. Did you? Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I liked it. It just was never my favorite. And um, But, yeah, I think you and I even talked about this years ago that Blackberries seemed to be more East Coast back when Blackberries were. And then the iPhones were more West Coast, right? I don't know about that. 
technology is pretty ubiquitous. I think it's – why would you think that, east and west? Well, I thought we talked about it, actually. I thought we had kind of agreed on it, but, but – um, I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed like more people use iPhones out west than did here for a long time. Maybe it's just like a trends thing. You know how trends seem to a lot of them start in the west and move to the east. Well, it so did maybe- take, you know, Apple is in the west, so you know, it did take a while for those covered wagons to get them back to the back to the east of the Mississippi. Well, you know, it works like that sometimes. Well, okay, and some other things about this. Now, Louis wakes up on the red couch from the from Bobby. Bobby is his brother, by the way. We were right about that. Yeah, yeah. And he immediately puts on his pants. Now, Michelle, is this a morning? Is this the morning or after a nap? Oh, I didn't know his pants. I didn't catch that, that his pants weren't on. Yeah, he says, hold on a minute, and puts on his pants. Like, I can't talk to you till my pants are on. <laughs> now, if it's the morning... You don't just get up in the morning, put on your pants, and start your day. You got to do some stuff first. <laughs> you got to at least take a leak or you know get ready a little bit. So I'm wondering if it's it, it kind of made it seem like it was the morning, but yeah. But why is he sleeping on a couch? Oh, yeah, why on the couch? And why does he put on? Why does he go through these steps? Why does this? Why is that part of the show? I don't know. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know, but it really probably couldn't have been morning unless they had spent the whole day at that funeral. Because remember, it was nighttime when he went back to Bobby's house. So it was probably in the afternoon. Think just, you know, just now kind of thinking about it. But yeah. So it was probably a nap. He probably just unpantsed himself and fell asleep on the couch. Do you take off your pants to take a nap? I've never taken off my pants to take a nap. I don't either. I would just lay down and relax. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Well, let's go to Uncle Jack's. I guess it's his wake, really, not so much his funeral. Right, right. And uh, on the way there, or actually, Bobby says, pick me up on the phone before this all get, they even get together. But uh, he kind of, Bobby makes some smart-ass comments. He's your uncle. You're supposed to know. But then he found out about it from the obituary. So he didn't really know either. I don't know why he's reading the obituaries. People do that. Some people do that. <laughs> well, they're going to New Jersey in Louie's car. And um, when they show up, did you notice it was Glenn who handed him the programs? Who? The Walking Dead Glenn. <gasps> was it? I think so. Oh, I didn't notice that. I'm going to yeah, have to go a, back and watch this thing again. He had a goatee, so... I'm pretty sure it was him, though. Oh, my gosh. No, I did not notice that. But they show up in some Eastern music morning room. It was really, really odd. Um, now that was Louis, funny. Louis continues in his life, his his crazy life, to get derailed by these side arguments that he can't even answer. Uh, he asked Bobby, did you even – because they know they're at the wrong place now. The the brochure, the little program that they get from Glenn is like the another Asian guy. And so they look at it and he says, did you even check? Did you ask somebody that this was our Jack? And Bobby retorts with, you didn't even know he was dead. Like a totally <laughs> sideways, not an answer to Louie, but kind of a defense of his being kind of stupid about this. It's a total. And then Louie looks at him like, I just eye rolls him. He can't even answer that. You didn't even know he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about the wrong guy. That's not even the point. 
Uh, it's just his. It's just his travel through this for, forlorn way of life that Louis goes through. There's just it's just so odd. The way he writes this stuff is so interesting. Yeah, and also his pauses, just the uncomfortable pauses that he does when he's faced with a situation that there is no answer for. Maybe he doesn't want to answer it in different scenarios. But yeah, it's just these. Yeah, he's look. trying to compute it in his head, and it it just doesn't ma- match up. <laughs> well, you you can't answer that. You didn't even know he was dead. I mean, how can you answer that? Right. The guy we didn't even know, you didn't even know he was dead. Right. <laughs> right. You would think somebody, they would have talked to somebody in the family. I mean, Louis still has his mom, right? We know. Does he have his dad? I, don't... I have no idea. I didn't even know he had his mom. Yeah, remember, we've seen his mom. Yeah, but that was a while ago. Well, yeah, but I mean, they haven't shown her being, you know, deceased. So we're we're to maybe assume, they missed like, it in the obituaries. Maybe they did. <laughs> That's a good point. Then they actually participate in the wake. It looks like they're go to they go to sit down, or uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, they uh, they're like, well, so what do we do now that we're here? Because they've already been given the little pamphlet, and their people are looking at them. They're the only. Uh, non-Asian people in the room, right? And um, Well, maybe except for Maggie. But wasn't that funny? Wasn't that funny when he said um, that Jack had fought in Vietnam and maybe that's why? I didn't even catch that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, they walk in and it's all Asians and, and uh, Bobby surmises that it could be because Uncle Jack fought in Vietnam. And that was another one of those, you know, Louis like, so what? They all came here to his funeral? I mean, it was just like... The Vietnamese people? Yeah. Oh, I, that was funny. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, that, that was that was the little comedic relief for that scene. Yeah, he does, he does loosen the vent a little bit and let off some of the pressure with these comedic little interludes, which is really kind of cool. And very needed in this one. So they go back to Bobby's, and Louis doesn't even want to go up to the apartment, but kind of finally reluctantly does so. Yeah, he says he doesn't want to. And He's like, Bobby, Bobby sets the timer for the lights for the amount of time you're going to be up here for. He lives pretty frugally if he's doing that. I, I love that. That was, that was so – that was, to me, the funniest part of the whole episode was, was that light clicking off. At that moment. And it was just like, okay, it was just over. I mean, he's like, how long do you think we're going to be up here? And Louis's like, what? And he's like, never mind, never mind. Um, to set your light. I can understand setting, having something like that, like if you have children that tend to leave lights on. Or or if, you know, you just want the lights to go off and you don't want to have to remember it. But to set it for a specific time for a guest, it's that a good way. Hilarious. It's a good way to keep them on a, t- on a short leash for the visit, though. Well, oh, it is. Oh, visit's over. Time yes. to go. <laughs> yeah, good point. So Louis says nice place, but we really see nothing of this apartment except the couch. Now, this couch, Michelle, was awful. It's not the best couch I've ever seen. That's no. all we see of the whole apartment is them sitting on this couch. Yeah, and as they're walking in, you see some some clutter. There's There's some, a couple of coffee cups sitting on the countertop and and uh i don't know there's like a plug-in fry pan and just just some other things sitting out so there's nothing that would make you think "Ooh, nice you know 
there's nothing decorated. There's nothing like that. So just a little bit of clutter and, and a couch, right? Well, Bobby wants to talk. Bobby has this passive-aggressive uh, plan. <laughs> Maybe not a plan. It's just his desire to talk. But it's his, really his desire for sympathy, I think. He's, he says, I'm happy for you. You took a chance and things worked out for you. Uh, Louie, you have a beautiful wife, a nice divorce, and part-time custody <laughs> of two beautiful kids. <laughs> I have nothing, no money, skills, or Twitter. And my sperm don't work. They're dead. So he's, he's, put, he's comparing Louie and him as two bookends that are opposite of the, on the success scale. Right. Um, <laughs> and do you know how hard that is when you're the older brother? Well, there, here's another little side argument that they start up that flip-flops the perspective. First, he's the younger, older brother, then he's, or the younger brother, then he's the older brother. Or maybe the other way around, I can't remember. But it's just this whole thing is a posturing of jealousy. You're doing great and I'm not. And he's asking for sympathy, I think. Um, yeah, I didn't really get that he was asking for sympathy. After the third time I watched this, what I felt like was he was saying, he was looking up to Louie and saying, look how good your life is. Help me. And then we kind of come full circle at the end where Louie has this sequence of, of, of tragedy, sequence of just being just mashed down. And then at the end, even Bobby, who doesn't even have a Twitter, is laughing at him. Yeah, but let's let's talk about this conversation, though. So I guess first the older. First, I'm your older brother, and I'm not doing as well as you. That's hard for me because I'm the older brother. This this is a, This is a request for sympathy. <laughs> like, feel sorry for me. I should be doing better. I'm the older brother. I should have more success and be more confident. And, but then Louis corrects him. Wait a minute. You're 44 and I'm 47. You're really yeah. my younger brother. <laughs> and, and then Louis says, look, dude, I have my own problems too. Uh, but Bobby just takes this like, well, you don't understand me. <laughs> you're not listening to me. I'm, I'm telling you I'm not happy and you're successful and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And it was... Another one of those situations, like what you were talking about, where he's just being nonsensical. Louis going, "What can I do to help?" And he's going, "Quit, quit messing with me." I mean, Louis could not win with that. There was no answer to Bobby's questions. Louis was trying to at least appear to be sincere about it. And um, well, Louis, Louis immediately plays really, really smart hardball with his brother, and he asks the question that people who care about one another ask each other, and it's. Like if you're a family member or a really good friend, you ask this question because it gets the person. Well, the, first of all, the question is, what do you want me to do? What do you want to happen next? And Michelle, has anyone ever posed this question to you when you've asked for help where they just say, OK, Michelle, what would you like to happen? Sure. Yeah. It's a really hard question for the person complaining because it ends the complaint and it makes you realize it's time to find the solution. Right. It makes you responsible. Puts the ball back in your court. What do you want? And then it's you can... a crushing man. It makes you realize complaints are over and it's action time. Right. Um, reality. So the, so Louis asked him, "What do you want me to do? What do you want to happen next?" It's really a great question from the from the person who's being 
implored for sympathy. Like sympathy's over. Just let's find the solution to this. Right. Sometimes people just want sympathy. They don't want the solution. They just want to complain. And Bobby, I think at, at this point is like this. He's still in complaint mode. He, he says, you're throwing it back in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now, so now we get the age flip-flop again. You're my older brother. You should be looking out for me. So he, he realizes the first angle didn't work. So now he's <laughs> trying the other direction. You know, help me out. I'm your little brother. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was trying to guilt him there. You know, so have you ever forgotten in what sequence you were born in your family? Have you ever had that situation where you're talking to a to a sibling and you're like, well, you're older than me. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I have three no. older brothers and they're eight, 10 and 12 years older than I am. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a younger sister and, you know, there's just no way. And I have a younger sister too, but I've never, I've never thought, oh, you're older. No, yeah, have never, you, have you no. made that mistake? Never. You always remember your birth order. I mean, come on. No, I see your point. I think he's, I think he's angling for sympathy, and he's using whatever he can grasp. Well, that, and he's just stupid. I mean, he's stupid. He went to the wrong funeral and <laughs> drug Louie all the way across town. And I mean, he's just, he's just, he's a, he's a klutz. He's crazy. Yeah, then the lights go out. Perfect slapstick. That was really good. Yeah. That was just so such exquisite timing for that light to go out, right? As you're my older brother, you should be looking out for me. And he's like, what? And the light goes out. We yeah. can actually see the, the the blank look on Louis' face even in the dark, <laughs> even though we can't see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, that was perfect, perfect timing. I love that. And that was the first commercial break. And the commercials. Can we talk just one second about these commercials? All the commercials were alcohol. It was alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Cars, cable, alcohol. It, it really makes me wonder about the viewing audience. Um, what kind of alcohol do you remember? Um, yeah, it was beer. It was a Corona, and then it was some other beer. I can't remember. And then it was tequila, and then it was rum. Yeah, I would have guessed. I would have. I don't remember those commercials, but I would have guessed more than just beer because I think the demo of the Louis Watcher is like affluent and intelligent. It's not the. It's not the dopey, sit around watching football all all day person. It's kind of a thinker. Well, you you've got Jack Bauer advertising the Cuervo, and then um, yeah, people. you know. Blue-collar dudes coming home after work aren't buying Cuervo. They're buying Bud Light. Yeah. Well, and cars. Yeah. I don't remember the cars. You remember what kind of car? I don't. I don't. But I just thought it was funny because every commercial, like I said, having watched it so many times, every time the commercials were coming up and I was fast-forwarding through the commercials, it was just cars and and alcohol and cable. It's probably not probably not like pickup trucks though. It's probably like Audis and I'm guessing. I don't even remember. Maybe I might have actually written it down later on. If I did, I'll I'll let you know because it wasn't it didn't stand out at first, but then it did toward the end of it. It was like really all the, all the commercials and what they were you know who they were selling was of interest to me. But so we come back from a commercial break. And now, Michelle, Louie wouldn't be Louie without the requisite uncomfortable scene. This isn't Lassie. This isn't feel good. <laughs> Louie is at a bus stop and basically gets beat up by a girl and then continues to be a girl for the rest of the show. 
Yes. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot of times, about the role reversal with hit with uh, Louie and Pamela and, and in the Bully episode. And there's been a whole lot. wonder what this is. What is this where we keep having this female dominance? Um, well, as a woman, do you feel slighted that Louie is, that it's demeaning for a man to be portrayed as a girlish or like a girl? How does that feel to you? Um, like it's almost okay. an insult to manhood. Like you're you're a girl. We're gonna laugh at you. Yeah, I I don't really take it like that so much. I no, it doesn't insult me. Um, I don't think that women are less than because they're women. Obviously, um, but but I do think that there is a distinction, and I think that when people are put into the other category that they don't want to be in, it, when they obviously don't want to be in that category, then it's uncomfortable. And it's yeah. uncomfortable to watch. And I think we saw that with this. You know, Louis. Even when he goes to fight back with this girl, did you notice he like looks around to see if anybody's watching before he does this pathetic little kind of punch toward her? When I first saw this, I thought this was going to be the statement on like the Ray Rice, you know, men punching women, uh, getting in trouble for for abusing women. Oh, really? I thought he was going to get caught and be mistakenly accused of like of hitting a woman. Right. But it quickly moves away from that. So so let's go through it. The bus stop girl is basically punching some dude for looking at her. <laughs> and Louis intervenes and gets beat up by this girl in yoga pants. Now, he comedy relieves this a little bit by, the, at the end of it, putting a piece of the street ice on his swollen eye. Uh, yeah, that really messes with my <laughs> with my germ neurosis. His, his abraded face with that... Filthy street eyes. Uh, just a little soot and some tire and maybe some spit. Spit, yeah. Streets, you know. uh, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. So then yeah. he goes back home and his daughters ask what happens, what happened. And he kind of dances around what really happened until he finally admits it was a girl. <laughs> now, the scenes with these girls, Michelle from Tennessee, are awesome. They are just excellent little detectives in Louis's life. I love seeing him with these two girls. Yeah, and it's and it's real true to me. I, I believe every one of those scenes, having daughters like that, they do. They, they will really, well, and children in general, I would think, are just so open with with dialogue as far as stuff like that goes and they will get to and and you you can you know as adults sometimes i think we would let it pass to save the person the embarrassment of having to tell the truth in a situation like that even though you're getting some kind of weird vibe from us children don't and these girls don't they want the truth and they kind of keep on with it yeah, they're blissfully unaware of social mores, and they can just do and th- say what they want. And <laughs> <laughs> right. But they, when they hear this was all about a girl, their terror and, and sympathy for Louis just turns into humor. And then even mockery, like they ask, was she pretty? <laughs> oh, I know. That was funny. That was funny. Was she pretty? And the other uh, Lily, I think, starts laughing because Jane asked it. But it, it's, um, it's, it, it's funny, but it's another situation where 
Okay, Louis getting hit like that by this female, this this was a long scene. Let's point that out first. This was not a she slapped him or whatever. Louis is running from her, and she is chasing him, and she's kicking him, and she beats him down to the ground, and she continues to kick, and Louis is groaning. I mean, she's hurting him, and that was hard to watch. That was a painful thing to watch, this, this female beating him up like that. And you know Louis is physically stronger than this girl is, and he does nothing about it. He, do, he, just, he just doesn't handle it. It's hard, and, it's hard to think of, as a guy, what I would do in that situation, because you can't really fight back. What would you do? I don't know. Maybe, maybe just hold her off, you know, hold her off at arm's length or... or I mean, you can't even hug her, like hold her so she can't swing at you. I don't know, maybe hold her off or maybe just move away, you know, get away from her. Yeah, but he tried. I mean, he was running. Louis, you know, she could probably have caught him, and she did. But in a situation like that, as a male, you wouldn't feel comfortable just restraining her no. to keep her from hitting you? No. No, because no, then what if somebody, no, because if somebody comes up, let her, leave her alone. Yeah, gladly. You know, I don't yeah. know. I guess when you're in a fight, you do you do what you have to do to defend yourself. But it's a it's a tough call. Well, I kind of see your dilemma. I mean, I just kept thinking he should restrain her. I mean, you know, he should stop this. I wouldn't, as a guy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a guy, but I can't imagine letting somebody just beat me up just because I'm bigger than them. I mean, yeah, I couldn't. I also didn't think the the fight. Was I thought his injuries were portrayed as much more s- severe than the fight indicated they should be. I don't think she beat him up really too bad. She was like kicking him. Yeah, but you don't get your face all abraded like that. And yeah. oh, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, but that doesn't matter. So the the girls mocking Louis turns right into Pamela mocking him. That was kind of cool. This is like the. Like she was almost the elder version of Lily and Jane. It just continued right into Pamela. And that's, right. that's how we meet Pamela in this episode. And But Louis over with Pamela for makeup <laughs> to cover up his injuries for work. And uh, when, when Pamela realizes that's what he's there for, she says, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> well, because she wants to do full makeup. She's helping him. And... She wants to do more than that, but yeah, that starts with the makeup. It's her it's her chance to I, I don't know if demean is the right word, but it's her chance to control Louis. Right? This makeup this makeup leading to like this sex scene that they have. Yeah, I don't know what it is about girls. Have you never had a girl want to put makeup on you no. or paint your nails? No. When they're painting their nails, nothing? Nope. I don't think it's, I mean, you know, I don't think it's a real uncommon thing to sit and think, oh, I'm going to paint your nail, you know, or whatever, if you're sitting around with somebody, you know. But the guy would never allow that to happen. So what's going on with Louie? Is it just the promise of the good sex that Yeah, she kind of lures this? him That's in. All? She lures him in with that. But yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's the promise of having a good time if she just, you know, just let me do First of all, he wants the makeup. He doesn't she continues past like just putting some powder over my skin so it doesn't look like the scratches are there. She's doing the eyeliner and mascara and lipstick. Lipstick, yeah. So, he let that happen for the promise of the sex, I think at the end of it. 
that's um that's that's a little heavy price to pay if you wouldn't want that. Normally. Well, there's a commercial after she says this is the greatest day of my life. There's a commercial. It's a commercial I wanted to talk about with you, Michelle. Oh, okay. In this commercial is a movie. It's a commercial for the movie Tomorrowland. Have you heard about this movie? Um, I don't think so. Uh. Uh-uh. It's um. It's a. Well, it starts with Walt Disney standing at like his drawing board. It's a Walt Disney movie, and it has the cool Walt Disney like rocket ship animations and stuff. And the people in it are uh, Britt Robertson, the girl, is the girl in it. She was in Under the Dome. Um, George Clooney, Keegan-Michael Key. And, the, and the, one of the producers or the director is Damon Lindelof from Lost. Mm-hmm. And it's a science fiction film about this girl who finds a pin, and whenever she, she touches it, she gets zoomed into the future. So I think it's kind of like the Tomorrowland, Walt Disney, like Tomorrowland. And Clooney's the scientist inventor of all of it. It just looks really cool. It looks really interesting. I don't even think I saw that. I don't even think that commercial was on here. It probably was. I'm sure it was a national. I'm going to have to go back and look because I don't, I don't remember seeing that at all. You can, look, I, up, you can look on YouTube yeah. and see the previews for it. It starts Memorial Day weekend. But it just looks like it's going to be a cool movie. Okay. Hey, Michelle, we just got sponsored by Walt Disney on our podcast. <laughs> um, just kidding that thought yeah. just struck me that we're giving an ad for walt disney like they need us to help them <laughs> all right so now let's go back to real time we come back from this commercial and louis is getting the makeup base and the eyeliner and the lipstick and do you you ask me if a girl ever asked me is this a turn on for girls to do this with guys um not not to me it's not i mean i don't know but i do think it's it's um I don't know. I I think I've probably asked my husband before, oh, can I do that? But there's no way. It would never happen. So I don't know if it's more teasing, you know, to ask or whatever or or what. I would never. I don't know. Well, Pamela says after Louise tries to stop her, she says, let me throw down and afterward I'll make it normal. You'll be perfectly pleased and satisfied. Uh, first of all, one problem with Pamela Adlon for me, Michelle, is that whenever I hear Pamela Adlon's voice, I picture Bobby Hill. (laughs) Well, that's a problem. (laughs) She's Bobby Hill's voice in the King of the Hill show. And when she laughs, she sounds just exactly like Bobby Hill. I've never seen uh, King of the Hill, so I'll take your word for it. It's an animated Mike Judge. Mm -hmm. It's really funny, but she is Bobby Hill's voice, and she doesn't really change her voice much. She just talks like Pamela, and she has that kind of high, creaky laugh. Um, But see, I I think we've seen Pamela be the guy the whole time, and this was like the, the physical manifestation of Pamela being the guy. It just, like erupted into this when she spins louis around from that mirror he looks like some stanley kubrick freak some eyes wide shut clockwork orange (laughs) but he immediately took on an even more effeminate role he's jonetha he he is (laughs) 
I I don't know. That was really weird to me. I mean, because he he became the woman. Pamela puts on the cap and Louis becomes Jonetha and then he plays all coy and demure really very awkwardly. But, you know, Pamela wasn't awkward as a guy, too. She didn't really have the guy affectations down too perfectly. Well, no. No, but the whole scene was awkward, but it was weird. It was just so... Were you uncomfortable? It was very funny and uncomfortable at the same time. Okay, I agree. Did you notice how when they were dancing, the floor was creaking? No, I didn't. Like it does in like old apartments, old wooden floor. I did not notice. They made the they made that really stand out. I don't I don't know why, but they did. I think it's cool how you always notice stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, not just in this, but in other podcasts and stuff too. I noticed that you noticed that kind of stuff. That's interesting. Well, when 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 they okay when. I guess what I'm trying to say is we get a very welcome commercial break here and we come and there's more that happens. I don't even want to talk about it, but they're screwing around, playing around sexually. But then we get a very welcome commercial break. Um, And when we come back, it's like their post-sex conversation. Mm -hmm. And Pam, I think they're still in the male female roles switched because Pamela doesn't want to talk like the guy usually doesn't want to talk. And the girl does. Girl wants to cuddle. (laughs) Uh, don't you think this was a continuation? Absolutely it was a continuation. He's still in bed. He still has the makeup on. And he's like, well, that was intimate. You know, and that kind of thing. And she, ah, ah, she's like, you know, pushing him. She, She's letting him know she don't want to hear this. And he's kind of pushing for it, for this talk. Yeah, Pamela wants to be just be friends. A typical male breakup maneuver after sex. She, get, she gets what she wants and then she... Draws the line, draws the boundaries. So, but, can you dislike Pamela because of this now, or no? No, she's perf- She's doing what she's asked to do. She, you know, I li- I've always liked Pamela. I know. I would be Pamela's friend if she, if I was Louis. I would be the exact same friend to her as he is to her. She's smart. She's funny. She's pretty. She's interesting. Uh, yeah, but, but Louis doesn't want to be her friend. And honestly, I think what she's doing here, although I, the delivery was cruel, is good. Louis doesn't want to be her friend, and or only her Louis wants the, the intimate relationship to go farther, and we've seen that already even this season. And we saw it last, last season, too. And she is not going to let it go. So she's like ripping the Band-Aid off, I think is how she puts it. I think, that- I think if, I was Lou, if I was their counselor and I could, or if I was God and I could wave my magic wand, I would say you guys should be friends and not be lovers. I think Louis thinks he doesn't want to, he thinks he wants more, but he really doesn't want more. He really should be her friend. That's the best thing for Louis in the, in the show's universe. In real life, I'm sure they're really good friends. But in the show's universe sure. where he's always trying to be like, let's live in. Let's move together. Move in together. Let's be more than just friends. I don't think that's good for Louie. I think he's better off Louie in the show, keeping Pamela in the show as his friend only. Well, she even makes a comment in here that she's not good for him. And 
That's a I'm guy ha- thing. <laughs> That's the guy. Yes, line. yes, I know, but but in this, but she's the guy, and and in this, I'm going to agree with that. She is not good for him. He becomes effeminate around her, and it he's he has such a hard time anyway in other situations with his daughters, with the girl beating him up on the street, with other females, with with by, all the way back in the bully episode being. Um, unable, unwilling to stand up against a guy. That's the last thing Louie needs is a girl that makes him more, that makes him lose more of his masculinity. I'm, I'm going to completely agree with it. And you know how I feel about the Louis Pamela thing. I, I, I've been pro Louis Pamela because I like how much he likes her. And you don't see him happy in liking uh, people and really wanting, desiring this relationship with a lot of people. And I understand that, but I don't think it's good for him. Well, it's hard to argue with that because when Louis cries, his makeup runs down his face. But, but what are they breaking up from? Pamela wants to break up, but what are they breaking up from? They're- no more benefits. No more friends with benefits. You think? That's all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all I right. think so. Because she's like, we're not doing this anymore. You know, I guess they went out on a, a high. Went out on a limb and it broke off and crashed. <laughs> it did with me. It did with me. All right, and that's the then the final scene is just bought breakfast with Bobby. He just laughs at him and laughs at the whole story, hardly without any other words. Just <laughs> right. Just has has a good laugh at his expense. So even Bobby, who's the side sack at the beginning, who can't even get anything right is now laughing at Louie. That's why I said it made me sad. His daughters laughed at him. He got beat up at a bus stop for trying to do the right thing. Uh, Pamela laughed at him, but she always laughs at him. But then she essentially made him a girl, um, took advantage of him, and then broke up with him. And then even the sad sacks laughing at him at the end. I she made him her bitch. <laughs> so, Michelle, and then that's the end of it. Did, did this mess? Did the message in this episode work for you? Did it convey something, or was it just sit and watch and get entertained? What, did you find some sort of a message in it? Um, it wasn't entertaining so much. It was it. It was a good a good watch. Um, Wait, how can those two how can those two both be true at the same time? Well, you're you're right. It it was not not funny so much. It's the same thing I've been saying about Louie. This is not a comedy. This is not a comedy to me. And so it wasn't entertaining like like a sitcom. There were certainly moments of comedic relief but this was deep didn't you think this was a deep episode yeah it was pretty deep but i think the message was really strong like this is this is male female role he really emphasized the roles of male and female by reversing them i i don't know i think it was a really strong message and it was a strong message about friendship and friendship bleeding into or Bleeding's not the right word, but evolving into like more romantic and how sometimes that's a mistake. And I think that's a really strong theme with Louie and Pamela, that they have a 
pretty good friendship, and it's a mistake to make it more than that. I think Pamela's right. They shouldn't be lovers. I think Pamela is is blocked off. I think Pamela just won't allow anything more to go on with them. I don't know that maybe she's not capable of giving it, but if she were capable, I think the situation could be different as far as them being lovers and having a a relationship. It's like you said last time, anybody can just go out and fool around or whatever, but, but, there's more meaning when you're in a relationship with somebody and Pamela just doesn't want that meaning. Having said all that, seeing her take him to this level of, of decreased masculinity. I don't want to see them together like that anymore. That was the, that it was kind of the, the nail in the coffin to me of, of, the desire to see that relationship progress. Do you think the seasons of Louis Louis show TV show? Are, do you think the seasons are all in the same universe? Like this is the same Pamela that invited him to take the bath, and they sat in the bathtub, and it was kind of a funny, romantic little scene. This was way different. This was like this. This setting of the their interaction in this episode happened after that bathtub. It seems like. Discord, Like, it doesn't seem like chronologically it would have happened in the same order. I don't know. I, I didn't get that. I think that this is what it's progressed to from Louie constantly. And we've seen it several times, wanting more from her. And she keeps telling him, I'm not going to give you more. I'm not going to do the I love you thing. I'm not going to, you know, and Louie pushes, pushes, pushes. And this is what he eventually got. Now, the whole female thing, I don't know, that was a little much, but I think he eventually got her not talking about the female part to just go, look, this can't happen, but she's not good for him. He needs to find somebody who can let him be a man. Cause that's what he wants. He wants to be the man and he wants to matter and he wants to be the protector and all that. And he can't be that with her. Well, I agree with you that she's blocked off. Pamela's her in her role in the show. She's like afraid of something. Yes. So that's pretty clear. Well, all right, that's it, Michelle. Next week is five oh five, and it's entitled "Untitled." <laughs> when I first saw this a couple of weeks ago. I thought, oh, they just don't have the name for it yet. But it, right, but right. I've seen five oh six, seven, and eight, and they have names. And this one is called "Untitled." <laughs> it's a real name. Oh wow. Um, so that's it for 504 on Louie TV on West Coast Project. Michelle, if people want to reach you, how do they reach you on um, the internet? Well, I'm on Twitter, and it's at Michelle from TN, or find me on Facebook. Same thing. And I'm at Scathing Tweets. It, it, one last comment. I, you mentioned like this show is kind of hard to laugh at sometimes, and it's more of a real drama sometimes. I've had people ask me, like, how do you do a podcast on this show? Like, it, It's really hard to break down. But I think this is the perfect podcast for a guy and a girl to talk about. Yeah, like two guys or two girls, you know, they'd probably pick a side or they wouldn't understand as much as the other. They wouldn't be able to interact and get the feedback. This is a perfect podcast for a guy and a girl to do, I think. Yeah, absolutely. If I were talking with a girl about it, it would be um, 
I couldn't get the male perspective on how he's feeling and stuff and how she's, yeah, I completely agree. All right, Michelle from Tennessee. I'll see you next week on title. We'll see you next week.